I was born neither. You carry me when knees were weak, and it's dread to leave. You're my summertime. You're the one helped me walk around. Tell me I could be anything I want, so you are my summer time. And it is time to celebrate the solo career of a Mel no name middle bar. That was wrong. <laughs> Why are you even? Why is that? Wait. Like yeah, what's that solo lyric? Yeah. Oh. So it's time. It's time to celebrate the solo career of a Mel no middle name bar. Woo! Woo! You're listening to Part of the Pops podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments season two the sugar babes one girl in one girl out that's right the solo careers <laughs> welcome back to pod of the pops the podcast that looks at the post group careers of british girl bands I'm your host, comedian Erin Twitchin, and as ever, I am the English rose sandwiched between two Scottish thistles. Satin. It's Lauren here. Still <laughs> urban. I know, geez. Keeping it real. Um, this is Karen. In this series, we are discussing the girl band with jeans lower than Siobhan's chart positions. Oh. It's the Sugar Babes. Oh. Yeah. So I nearly said lower than Erin's standards, but I thought let's keep it on brand. <laughs> And stop referring to yourself in the third person, Erin. Yep. Where did we leave it? Mutia has left. She has indeed. Amel has tapped in. Two days. Very quick. I mean, why is it? It's always two days. That's all it takes them. Both but it's times. not really, is it? I mean, How long is the gestation period of a sugar babe? About two days. About two days. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is quick. Although I think they may have been recording as a pair before Heidi came in right. and maybe doing stuff. But yeah, when they audition, they get you in quick. Like, they don't mess about. No. no. And just before Christmas. So, I mean, lucky Amel. She, I mean, she probably isn't eating Christmas Day because she's thinking I have a music video to get into. Oh, God. Or is that oh, no. just my disorder talking? <laughs> nope. I think it's probably, yeah. Well, the manager had seen her in a showcase. There's and no business. Sorry. Like showcase business? Yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> so they immediately go into re-recording tracks so that they can do a re-release of the Taller in More Ways album. So they record her vocals on three tracks as an audition, and then she's in. I really want to know if they use the audition tracks just as the actual tracks. Do you have something to say about that, Aiden? What a time saver. <laughs> Don't go wasting dollar. Efficient. I know. Efficient, babes. Well, yeah, I am. I'm a bit annoyed with that. Trying to listen to it on Spotify and it's the male versions. That's all you can get. Yeah, we all want the Mutmut versions. Let's be real. Yeah. You just can't compete with that voice, can you? It's no. Just, I well, mean, she Amel's does. Good. I think she's good. She's, I think Amel She's good, good, but she's not beautier. She's 100% proving herself. So one of the tracks that she... I mean, we're going to get into this in a minute, but I mean, fine, we're here. So one of the tracks she does is Good To Be Gone. Oh, no, It's Gotta Be You as well. Good To Be Gone is a new one, isn't it? She does It's Gotta Be You, <laughs> and she covers over Mutches. <laughs> new. Um, and the first line she comes she really comes in like she's been held back like a bull in a cage yeah they just let the door every time I say this up like like she has got the hardest job of any sugar baby yeah Yeah, of course anyone that voice 
But yep. she she wants to let you know she's she's had six coffees and they have let her into the recording studio. Yeah. Heidi is like moving out the way. She's duck, she's crying in the corner. Oh, every time there is a mess up, the the, the recording studio wall was crumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a lot of time. Recording studio, you know when a new sugar bay comes in, they're recording it in the shed down the road. Oh no, they're not just doing what we do with an upside down mattress. <laughs> Is that what everyone's doing? <laughs> what are you doing these days? What do you do when you have money? Oh, you go to a studio. Oh, oh yeah. Help us out, guys. Patreon. Sugar Patreon. As I said, they are in the middle of promoting their latest single, Ugly, which had come out two weeks before Mutia announced, announced she's leaving. So Amel is in just before Christmas. Do you want to watch my fave memory of Amel joining? Yes, please. It is when she goes to meet Girls Allows backstage. And Cheryl mistakes her sister for her mum. Oh. That's... Oh, that is... Do you want to watch it first? Yes. This is the new Sugar Babe sister. Hello. Hi. Hi. You all right? (laughs) How's she finding it all? Yeah, she's loving your mum. I'm my sister as well. There she is. There she goes. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, nice to meet you. But how you doing anyway? Yeah, good man. It's good. Nice to meet you. Nice to I just said to that new sugar babe's older sister, are you the mum? Why did I say that? <laughs> no, I didn't think she looked like the mum, I just knew she looked older. Than her, yeah. And my mum, like, everybody thinks my mum's my sister. Do you know what I mean? Really, your set common sense should tell you, you just says it your sister anyway. <laughs> yeah. No? Well, now I think that. <laughs> but now on, yeah, well, I felt oh. like a right twat. Oof. That that's awkward, but yeah, she's totally right. She should just always say that are you the sister? I just think it's hilariously funny that Amel is there backstage and they do this formal little handshake. Oh wow, you're very nice me. Oh that it, I've just got to meet girl. It's a little bit awkward. Because at yeah. that point you're still a fangirl. Like it's yeah. not like you you're this proven pop star, you're not on a level yet. Not that anyone's on a better level. But the sisters are just there enjoying the ride, aren't they? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I'm just saying hello to Kimberly from Girls Allowed in her dressing gown. No biggie, you know? Yeah. But um, when I was a teacher, we used to have a lot of like younger parents. And I would always say to the parent who I would suspect might be the grandparent, or oh, you the mum? Because you just knew that that would be an easier level rather than yeah. say, like, are you the gran? And then they are the mum. It's just yeah. it's easier. As a comic, you wouldn't believe how many times I've been on stage and I've been like talking to people in the audience and been like, oh, mm. are you a couple? And it's like, dad and daughter <laughs> it's always oh, so yeah. awkward I suppose you would say how do you know each other but then what was the one I had in Edinburgh where it was oh. a couple and I was like oh are you husband and wife and they were like yeah and then there was a woman sat next and I was like oh and who are you and she was like I'm also a wife and the prude in me like jumped out oh, that's I was right. like um, what, um <laughs> I didn't know where to go I was like guys it's alright to have a threesome but you don't stay past breakfast <laughs> I believe that's recorded that moment. Yeah, and it is God. a it's it was, a one for the ages. It was a recording of the bloody show. It that's threw right. me for the whole thing. Yeah, and that is why this show that show was not released because <laughs> I can maybe we'll put it on Sugar Patreon. I think we should. It's a good treat. It's in the vault. It is in the vault. Yeah. Well, girls allowed a great opener to this episode actually because this is gonna be a girls allowed heavy episode. Yeah. All will be revealed later. Keep your cinema stubs for entry into the Girls Aloud segment. Cinema stubs? What age are you? (laughs) Keep your video cards, guys. (laughs) Get your checkbooks out. (laughs) If you are struggling with Sugar Patreon because it's all card, you can send us checks. (laughs) 
as long as you don't bounce, bitches. So back like two thousand and five, I had a job. Back when <laughs> I used to work. Lyric. I used thanks. I used to work in H and M, and when you got a check, do you remember or a or a card? Oh, and you running over that machine? Yeah, that machine, and it was like it was like some sort of stamping. It like imprinted it. But now something? I'm like, what the fuck? Like that wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah, but I am fucking old. It's like alien technology. But the children though. listening will have no idea. They won't even know who Sugar Babies is. Babe, let's be honest. The people listening to this podcast remember this because they remember the Sugar Babes. Yeah. Look, we're not, we're not accessing the TikTok generation and we're happy about it. You are who's listening and let me tell you, you are who we want. We love you. But we also like TikTok. You do. <laughs> we are not TikTok fans. I am on a TikTok block. <laughs> We do get two more promotional songs from The Taller in More Ways, or as I like to call it, Longer With More Hair Waves <laughs> album. The first, in, the introduction to Amel is the inimitable Red Dress, which Mutya had previously called a step up from Round Round. Mm-hmm. Re-recorded with Amel's vocals. Yeah. Because I'm caught up. Because I'm caught up. <laughs> right, so I never understood what they were saying in this. I still don't know. Is it I'm cooler in the red dress, or I'm caught up. I'm caught up in the red dress, but it makes no fucking sense. Because I always imagined, like, it was... Because <laughs> you know it's like a sexy dress, like, oh, I'd yeah, rather get a guy on my own. Like, I don't need... I don't. What are they saying? You don't need the red dress to get her? Because I was like, is this song saying, I'm stuck in the red dress? Is it, I was like, is it Heidi being like, Keisha, quick, like she's like she's got a guy in her room. Der Berry's tied to the bed. She's gonna throw ice on him. Yeah. And she's like, ooh, sexy, sexy, gotta get my red dress on. And she's done the zip and she can't get it over her head. And she's like, Keisha, Keisha, I'm caught up in the red dress. Quite <laughs> handy just after Christmas. Yeah. Because you've had your turkey. And then Keisha takes the dress off and then she's like, I'd rather get the guy on my own. Thank you for offering to join, but away. I, yeah, I would believe that. I'm buying into that. That's what I'm doing in Sugar Babes the Musical. Okay. Like, it's going to be that scene. Just, that scene. I mean, can you really imagine now Little Mix singing a song like that? It just wouldn't happen, would it? Yes, it would. Really? I got the, I got the, I got the power. No, but that's you make about... rain, but I make it, I make it, I make I'm it shower. shower. That's fine. That's all about women empowerment. And no. They're not talking about a fucking red dress. No, they're talking about spunking. <laughs> That's a separate connotation, but I want to know because I thought I thought the song "Power" was about female empowerment, but it's about a woman getting on top. Oh, but that's okay. She's not talking about getting caught up in a red dress. The lyrics are nonsense for sugar babes at this point. I'm not ever gonna. I love Little Mix to death, so I'm not ever gonna. But yeah, they do have songs that are equally as, but not as singles. I believe hair. But it's get, all about get getting a haircut. It's not. It's about getting the man. Okay. okay I, I I don't know if I agree with your point, Karen, but I applaud you for trying to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Pop groups now have equally as trashy lyrics. Okay. Because they don't get to write all the songs. Yeah. However, if Little Mix get to release the songs that they should be, like Wasabi, we'd all be better off. Yeah. Red Dress. So it's the video. Red dress always felt a bit weird to me, and I think I've figured out the why. Okay. To further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided... Oh, God. Slap an endorsement deal on it. Oh. So we get an endorsement... And Sugar Babes were not known for their endorsement deals. I think I know this. Is it the shitty phones? No. No? Pretty Polly Hosiery. 
Which is why we get the video we do, a.k.a. the No Trousers video. I.e. let's just sell some fucking tights. It's them in panties and long socks. Why are you saying panties? That creeps me out. Panties. Don't say that. (laughs) We're Scottish and English. Panties. No, yeah, I just hate it. I love the American audience, you know that, guys. But we I just, love panties you. is just weird. Mm. Rip open my panties. Yeah, that's exactly why. And it's usually in serial killer stories, <laughs> it's like we found her panties soaked in semen. Oh god! You know what I mean, no, it just goes too far. So yeah, I think maybe we went a little bit too far describing that. But Canada watches a lot of true crime. Are your panties big? <laughs> If I had a spin-off of this, a podcasting show, I would call it There's Been a Murder. <laughs> That's great. I know, isn't it? That's great. Anyway, so we yes. get this no trousers, all underwear. Um, although they are in red dresses, would you believe? Oh, wow. Um, there is some stunning. If you want to know more about our thoughts on the video, you can join the Sugar Patreon or find our YouTube videos online where we do reviews. I was thinking to myself... I can't see Mattia loving this campaign. Right. Would Mattia sell her soul to pretty Polly Hosiery? Yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> but she signed up beforehand and I have the picture evidence to prove it. Oh, oh really? She's there in bright coloured socks. Yeah. Oh, she does socks as well. I don't know what pretty Polly sell, hun. They do socks. Are they styling? Oh, you sure it's not just panties? <laughs> no, it's socks and tights. Oh, I feel like you're saying that in like a sanitary towel advert like the way you're saying that it's just weird ladies you can still play tennis in your panties oh my god with that's cow ticks <laughs> it's always tennis isn't it yeah. like that's what women are worried about I know oh my god I want to play tennis but I'm on my period and I might bleed and I've changed my accent yep sorry here she is holding up one leg she's stretching out her calf Oh, wow. Guys, we hide uh, Keisha is serving face there. Yeah. We will put this on the lookbook and on our social. Oh, look at that. Heidi's not a good flyer. Oh, they're talking about her actually flying. How long are those fucking... What Heidi's got on? Legs. Um, <laughs> well, she's got a cracking pair of pins. Oh, they're stockings. Why are they so long? Would they be that long? Because they've been photoshopped. Do you think? Yeah. A hundred. So, where were we? Caught up in the red dress. We were caught up in the red dress, caught up in the red sock. That's also odd, isn't it? Let's use a song about a dress to sell pants. Panties. That is a little strange, yes. Erin, it's creeping me out. Well, I'll be honest, I never really understood this song. Like, I, I wasn't... It, lyrically, it. I don't think it's going to win any awards ever in its life. Well, this is what's hilarious. This is actually raved as a feminist anthem by the writing team. Oh. I'm not so sure. It's not what jumped out at me. Would you like to hear some of the lyrics? Go for it. I'd like you to sing them to me. Oh. <laughs> Acapella. A girl's entitled to flaunt, to get what she wants. Can't say that it's wrong. No, baby. A man's well, but boy, can't you see? We're pulling the strings. We're taking the lead. Sure, that's feminist enough. Okay, yeah. And when you're sure, you'll never let her play you again. She'll put on your favourite smile, unplug the phone to get you a learn. Dirty dance, her hips will send you into a trance. Right, so we're feminists, like, oh, I'm in control. Okay. But then when it comes to getting the guy, why has it got to be your dirty dance and your hips alone? Why can't it be her sparkling conversation and her witty repertoire and why you got you wanting before? to get busy in the boudoir? <laughs> you can tell he's got it. Call me Mutcher. Let's collab. 
Wow. No, I, I think that's one of those, you know, feminist light basically distilled down for commercial reasons. That, well, wait yeah. for verse two. Oh, I played God. the desperate lady. Jump through all of the hoops, boy. Instead of constant craving, I'll leave the chasing to you. Oh, I've done a bit of chasing, but boys should chase girls. And if you don't respect it, I'll pick with my Jimmy Choo-oo-oo-oos. Oh, God. Because, boy, if you don't love me, then I've got nothing to lose. So as long as she's got her shoes... Okay, I agree right. with the last phrase. But... Do, do the brands... So does Jimmy Choo pay for that? No, no. No, that's... No, no. that's They're probably just after a free pair of shoes. Oo-oo's. Oo-oo's. <laughs> they say that so they get free pairs. <laughs> free pairs of shoes. Quite good for you. You think you're the comedian, mate? I know. So this is what I thought was quite interesting, actually, uh, and is relevant for this episode. Relevant for this episode is what he said. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> While promoting Red Dress in an interview with The Guardian, please donate, they're struggling, Keisha says Pop hasn't made her properly rich yet. She says she has bought her own out. How? <laughs> My God, I went really country. She has bought her own house. <laughs> the Devon jumped out. I feel, do we even know it? And like, yeah, I, I feel like he's actually this fugitive or something that's got all these accents and he just fucking goes in between them. Well, all. I'm trying to regulate my accent because series one, I went really American. I don't know what, I was watching way too much How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> she says she has... Sorry, is this Keisha? Yes. Keisha says Pop has not made her properly rich yet. She says she's bought her own house, but not outright, like every normal person. It's on a mortgage. <laughs> right. But I mean... She's 21. She's only 21 and having a house is a huge accomplishment. And in London, West London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I imagine it's not a tiny little cupboard. Yeah. She's got a decent house. But at this point, she has released four albums. Yes. With major songwriting credits on all of them. They're about to embark on their third headline tour. They've toured internationally. I'd expect a bit of riches there. Yeah. But is it that thing of the UK, and I know you said they toured away, but is the UK such a limited market when it comes, and everyone seems to want to crack America? Yes, but it's one of the third biggest market territories, and it's easier because it's smaller, it's easier to get around. Yeah. yeah. It is one of the biggest music territories in the world. It was one of the biggest music territories. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's going on now? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a huge example of the industry basically getting young artists to sign up to contracts that don't majorly benefit them. In fact, a lot of other people are taking quite substantial pieces of the pie and the actual artist is left with not that much at the end of the day. I mean, there's been some very high-profile contract arguments. Jojo, TLC. Yep, all of these. Kesha. Kesha. Lily Allen. And women was hers a big one. So Lily Allen was signed back way before her first album, and she it was a big deal. Luckily, her father it was like a seven album deal, I think, and luckily her dad, being who he was, yes. managed to get her out that deal. But yeah. who who can do that? Who is a normal person could do that? Yeah. Well, it's that thing. Sometimes do so they yeah. um, go under a they change name or something or join a band? Yeah, but she also had that issue with that record manager. In our autobiography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So there's a dark, dark undercurrent. Um, but yes, I think that definitely, I think there's a lot of examples of like young women in the industry, if they are to defend themselves too much or maybe mm. get a lawyer more heavily involved, be like, hey, I want to move this contract around, they'd be free, Britney. 
Yeah, we'd be... We're not saying that. Yeah, we are. Me and Lauren are saying it. Okay, you can. We haven't... Essentially, what I'm saying is I think a lot of the reason that young women in the industry don't push back more is, well, they, A, don't know any better. They're just excited for the work. And B, uh, they don't want to be seen as difficult. Also, like, we've said this so many times. Why do artists have to be expected to be everything? Why do you have to be a good writer, a good singer, a good dancer? You have to learn the sugar shuffle. And now you're expected to be Ali McBeal, reading through contracts, being yes. able to decipher what is good business. And even if someone like Taylor <coughs> Swift, with all those millions and millions of dollars that she has, she still, you know, got screwed over. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that is a prime example. Could there be a more powerful woman in pop? And she can even get the rights to her own albums. Some of which she wrote exclusively herself. It's yes. shocking. Yeah. It yeah. really is. There's a real, yeah, like I said before, a dark undercurrent. Wake up, pop managers. Wake up, accountants. Wake up, lawyers. And I, I wonder, tell you what, because they're coming. These yeah. girls are not sitting back. They're owning it. Yeah. yeah. And also, is this happening to male artists? I don't know. I don't know because I just could not care less about male artists. <laughs> I really try, but they just, it's not for me. I think it happens, but... I would stick my neck out enough to say that it happens more to females. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, the industry is still very much, you know, run by men. And so. also, yeah, and because it's run by men, there are less female artists out there, which makes it seem like there are less female spaces in the chart. Yes. So females are more disposable and it's hard. It's harder to break through. That is being repeated over and over again by female artists. Yeah. yeah. Especially female artists of colour. Yeah. So... Especially if you are a female artist of colour, which two-thirds of the band would have been through the whole of their iterations. That's yeah. what I was trying to think through. Yes, they are. Yeah. It would have been harder to negotiate. You would have known that you were... If, if you think of it like a ladder, you were at the absolute bottom of it. Plus, imagine somebody saying to you, let's offer you a seven-album deal. You'd be right. over the moon. Bite like, your hands you'd off You'd be that. like, oh yeah. my goodness. Pay them. Yeah. Regardless of all this, the girls are having a laugh. I've noticed in interviews, mm. when one girl leaves and a new one comes in, there's suddenly a burst of fun. Uh, yeah. Honeymoon period. I don't know whether it's because there's someone new to bounce off or yeah. because the other two get a little bit more talking space. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's a lot of lightness. And I, but I suppose that new person coming in has got a lot more to prove, right? So then they're going to bring in more energy, more enthusiasm, be really true. up for anything, yeah. you know, yeah. to try and... And there's a new toy to play with, you know, a new toy. I did not, and I know I'm always digging around in female relationships and I shouldn't and it's probably a bad thing. But if anything, I know it's Keisha and Amel getting on better and Heidi a little bit left out. Mm. Probably because she's off with Dave Barrymore and maybe they're going for cocktails. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It's the equivalent of if you've got a long-running show. Oh. That's what it increasingly, like, Sugar Babes feels like. <laughs> like, show. to me at this point, is because the Sugar Babes is, like, the title of the act and people just keep getting swapped out. It does sound like a great yeah. and so, American drama. And so that's... Like that's the what girls, but younger. Yes. So that's what happens in, you know... Broadway West End shows of course and yeah. it brings new energy to the show it so, did happen in Broadway shows indeed it, it did. did once upon a time thank you Boris that would be West End darling what did I say Broadway oh honey you think that's surviving bless you <laughs> <laughs> all the dreams of Jade the album gets a re-release <laughs> why am I so shady today the album gets a re-release it's because of my birthday tomorrow and I'm it's, not looking forward to aging because you've got a bit of sun on you oh yeah I'm burning up the album gets a re-release I've said this about six times I'll finally get to it does the album get a re-release <laughs> do you know what the album gets a re-release 
with the male vocals. Now they don't go for, this feels like an odd move as well because the album is sold a lot. And what they do, instead of re-recording the whole album with a melon, they do three tracks that she re-records, probably the three tracks she did as her audition tape. Yes. And then one new track, which she gets a writing credit for. And I just think this is unusual because it wasn't unusual for successful albums to get a deluxe edition. Yeah. You know, with a couple more tracks or albums that they thought could have been bigger and they suddenly get a, another hit and they chuck it back on yeah. and do the deluxe yeah. between album cycles. But you'd usually get more than one new track. Yeah. Because we get a whole new artwork, we get three new vocals from a male and we get effectively two singles in that part of the campaign. I th- is it just to trick the casual ling- listener into thinking it's a brand new album? If you liked Red Dress, here's a new album? Possibly. Yeah. Can't be arsed. And also, they, they just like. want to rush it out. It might be that they're doing more European stuff as well, so it makes right. more sense to have a Mel on the cover because yeah. she's the one. Because yeah. they maybe don't know all the members as well. Can we talk about the cover? Yes. So, you know we had Extensions Babes. Let me refresh your memoir. Extensions Babes, Foot yeah. Fetish Babe, yeah. is the Taller and May Ways cover. The Amel version, Hello High End Hookers. They look like air hostesses. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. I do not understand. Keisha is going to a classy funeral for Mucha. She's oh my she's God. She's grieving widow. This is the of funeral the of Mucha? Wow. Oh, oh and they're all in black? They're wearing Polly Pocket tights. Oh, so it's pretty Polly. Pretty Polly, whoops. We can call them Polly Pocket tights, I like that. But it's just Keisha has a veil hat on, that's so much, and they're all in black. Do you know, they've yeah. just taken that for a photo shoot they've been doing, haven't they? For Pretty Polly, maybe. Yeah, and they just went, fine. Oh, it could have been this one, now I'm scrolling through. We'll put them on the lookbook, we'll put them on the lookbook. I just don't think it's, it's not the strongest cover. Yeah. With it, whereas the other one was quite nice. We do get one final single on this album campaign, Follow Me Home. Chun. Mertia was not happy about this. She wanted it. No. She said, my verse was talking about my daughter. It was personal and then the video was awful. I just saw a bunch of perverted men and paedophile guys and they're singing Follow Me Home. Oh, wow. Strong comment there. I feel we should see this video. Well, let's talk about the song and then I'm going to show you the video. For why? Because Erin has thoughts. Okay. And we also know a little bit about what Mutia now is sort of publishing on Instagram. Oh, did we do Mutia and we didn't talk about no, our Instagram? Oh, yeah. No, we didn't. Oh, I, I feel like there might be a Sugar Patreon episode where we look through Mutia's... Do you want to talk about Mutia's Instagram? I mean, it's just, she's kind of going with a lot of conspiracy theories just now. She's falling down a rabbit hole. She's yeah, kind of been about reading in lockdown. Big, big celebrities sort of being involved in paedophile rings, sex rings, and, you know, trafficking of, of children and, and girls. We don't know, per se, there's any evidence to support this. It's just yeah. what we keep seeing on certain celebrities. Feeds. She's definitely been convinced by a lot of stuff she's read on the internet that maybe or maybe does not have the best sources. She's definitely... You can't say she's been a casual reposter of things. She's definitely out there reading. And also, it's really prominent. It does keep appearing. It's not like she's published something once. It's, oh, yeah, she got drunk one night and was reposting. Yeah, it's quite apparent if you look at her Insta stories. I mean, we're not we're not throwing shade at her. We just would like to maybe see some more... Or more... If, more no, reliable I don't sources. care what she does with her Instagram. It's her Instagram. I think she could research more. 
I don't agree with most of what she's posting, but she's convinced. And like, there's been some things about COVID as well, you yeah. know, the vaccination. But she is arguing with points. It's not like she's just going, I see that because I say that. But she has got her beliefs around it. I mean, I disagree with most of them, but I'd rather that than someone who's not read shit all. Well, it's just what, what she did. She has a public platform yeah. to an extent. It's the responsibility there of what kind of... If you're putting misinformation out in the world... I mean, a, a recent example would be Madonna getting called out by Annie Lennox. Oh, Madonna. She did fall down. So it's... But are know, enough yeah. people reading... No, not not being blue here, but are enough people reading Mucha Buena's Instagram stories that she can't just treat it like her own personal She's Instagram She's still stories. a public figure, though. And I, if she wants yeah. to treat it as a private Instagram, it needs to be private. It's, it's, you know, How do you know it's not just me and you and her close friends getting it? But How yeah, do you know I she's think... not doing a Colleen Rooney and she's just trying to see whether she can get someone to call her out on a podcast? That's very true. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think in this day and age, there's a lot of fake news out there and it is hard to know which sources to trust. Yeah. So I just say to readers just to keep encouraging you to, you know, expand your sources, but also, you know, be aware that there is a lot of fake news and it is hard to decipher what is right and what is not. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a wee little detour. A train came. I did not know its destination, but we got on board. We got on board. I can't believe we forgot that in the mystery episode. For shame on us. We. I think we should take a little break to listen to a bit of Follow Me Home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my flapper is gasted. Do we need to do a quick summary of it? Yeah, before I... Burn up. Yeah. So... You too made a point. In Yamucha yeah, maybe made her point. There are lots of intercut clips of, I think, multiple young women with a certain Eastern European look. The entire aesthetic of it is very, um, like, Soviet Russia in the 60s. Yeah, with I got that car, Stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are young, I would say underage-looking girls, in with older men touching them very suggestively at one point an older man shuts the door as the young girl is sat on the bed and he's in his pants and vest and goes in then the girls the sugar babes are coyly lying against doors singing the song i don't know how they're involved until the end there is a recording device and Heidi comes out in an extremely expensive fur and meets an old man, presumably handing over the tapes. Yeah. And he drives away. I mean, I hope the girls were helping and not selling the girls, and that's how they bought the coats. I, I, yeah. Jesus Christ. I think this is an example of a director... A male director. A male director wanting to do some kind of edgy titillation like maybe he wanted to essentially make a short film and he was like oh well i'll get paid if i shove the sugar babes in it oh you know that that's all the like these people make music videos because that's just where the money is yeah but like what the fuck is going on in this because the girls are singing nicely doing the posing coyly smiling when you're actually chilly cut with footage of girls who look traumatized from modern slave trade basically yeah. sex trafficked yeah. girls in uh, russia tell us tell us what matthias said again. well it may be sensitively like it's beautifully shot it is but, but the way that it's intercut with the girls seductively singing to chandeliers 
in the same venue seems odd. And I don't think the song has oh, the God. gravitas to be singing. This, this isn't a, this is the kind of thing where I could see like a tragic song or like they were stood in like judgment and it was all meant to make you cry. It's it's not that type of song. Like what the hell? Like that would be more appropriate for run for cover, for example. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. What Mutti said to remind you. <clears throat> My verse was talking about my daughter. So the idea of the song was meant to be, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what problems, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. Like, you can come to me. My verse was talking about my daughter. It was personal. And then that video was awful. I just saw a bunch of perverted men and paedophile guys and they're singing Follow Me Home. It made me realise leaving the bad was the right thing to do. Ew. Ew. I agree with her. I do too. I wonder if we have missed actually what this video is about because there is a lot of that young girl swimming and then there is that scene where they're in the bedroom and the guy is doing sort of tai chi moves yeah there is also a clip of the girl running through the hallway yeah i propose they are training for the russian olympics i propose her coach And actually, Heidi, Amel, and Keisha are Um. sponsors from Adidas. (laughs) And they have come, the recording is them doing a a vocal contract to sponsorship for clothes. No, I think it's a bloody advert for vodka. Yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, that's what I want to say. This Stelichina vodka in all (laughs) over the video. Like, why would you want to be associated with that? There's a five second clip. This will help you get through slavery. Like, Don't want to shag that guy? Vodka. (laughs) Like vodka sitting by the swimming pool. So the video was filmed in Prague. And is that in Russia? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's not in Russia. Czech Republic? It's in, uh, yeah, it's in Czech Republic. Yeah. Oh, you gave me a face. You know it's not in Russia. Like, you didn't know where it was. I, I, I freaked out a moment. I was about to say <laughs> Czechoslovakia. And then I was like, wait, that Which country doesn't... former does Czech Republic, right? It is yeah. the yeah. Czech Republic. You, yeah. It just says mm-hmm. it features the sugar babes in a winter environment. I didn't see no snow. Uh, Heidi and... had on furs. Doesn't mean... I prefer furs today. <laughs> you live in Scotland. It's always a winter environment. I, I'm quite interested to know the back. I don't really Like, who it. directed it? That's what I want to know. Like, oh, it's going to be a male, isn't it? Let's like, like, <laughs> It's going to be a male. <laughs> what sick? A male, not a male. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said a male. Maybe she A male in her first that, debut. The thing was, a male in this video, she's essentially, I, see, I swear to God, we see the exact same shot of her like three or four times of just like, in the warm hat, she's smiling coyly. Meanwhile, intercut with fucking footage of a young girl being yeah. like abused what the fuck well let me rem- remind you of what i said aaron's hot take on taller in more ways working with dallas austin i think this is a dallas austin song as well i'm not sure actually but i think they were trying they were trying to be more tlc they were trying to go down this tlc route right. and this was meant to be their waterfalls yeah they're going oh, okay we can do this heavy video with a message and if you think waterfalls was that it was the tlc were just dancing on the water and then you had clips of you know someone getting shot of people yeah. losing people on the street but the lyrics matched yes and i'm not yeah. saying this isn't a heavy song by any means it's a beautiful ballad it's a little light and wispy for me, but you know it's nice enough on an album. It's made to be an overall. It feels overally uplifting. That's the thing. Yeah. In tone, it it didn't seem to be. It, it's jars for me. It jars yeah. for me a bit. Well, I wasn't the only one that found it jarring because yeah. the great British public did as well. 
It's the lowest charting Sugar Babe single at this point, at 32 mm-hmm. in the UK. It's actually the lowest charting Sugar Babe single ever. Right. Because Matrikisha Vaughan released under that name. <laughs> right, yeah. But I have to say that's really sad because it's a great song. I it's really the end like of an it. album. I mean, Mutchie sat there rubbing her hands with glee because she was not happy about that move. So, and it didn't pay off. Then we get what I think is a really weird move. Uh-huh. So at the end of 2006, we get a greatest hits album with a Mel on the front cover. Overload the singles. Overloaded. Oh, sorry. Not a greatest hits. A singles collection. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Apparently the album was already in place at the time when Mutia left. So they were already planning it. Right. That will be why they get a Mel in so quick. Yeah. Because they know what's too coming. Much, yeah, too much on the schedule. Right, yeah. So they just carried on with it. So there are 14 singles on the singles collection. Amel is on three, which for me just highlights the changes in the band. Yeah. It didn't say, oh, this is where we're at. So I just feel bad for Amel because she's sat in interviews as they play the videos of all their hits and she isn't on them. I watched a clip of them interviewing in Holland. It's a full one minute video and there's not a single clip of Amel. And she sat at the end of this sofa being like, yeah, yeah, we're really happy with our career. Like, yeah, it's going great. But would it be disingenuous to then re-record, for example, their greatest hits with a male? Oh, that'd be so much worse. Uh, honestly, I think this enti- around this entire period, the management just comes off as, honestly, just desperate. Like, why did they have to put a third person in? Why was that essential? So many other acts have similar things and they just go on as a twosome. Well, no, if you look at On Vogue... <laughs> Yeah, but... Uh, more yeah, changes. I'm just saying... It's not many twosomes. I jewels. think... Honestly, on Vogue are more changes than Cher at a concert. Yeah, it's true. I think the overall feeling at the time if, was that people just felt like, this is ridiculous now. Like, Maybe, but I did, It was so what, jarring to see her on the on Overloaded's front cover. I think that's the misstep. Re-recording the album, a bit of a misstep, but I can forgive that. Then coming straight out with the greatest hits, and I know it was already in place, and maybe there were some things they couldn't undo without costing them a lot, but that, as a fan, I disinvested. Like, I didn't get the greatest hits, I wasn't yeah. incited, because I was like, why is Amel on it? And it also unfairly put me off a Mel because I was like, oh, this girl comes in yeah. and she takes Mitch's yeah. place. It's not fair. Because it's literally out within... So when does it come out? The end of... So within a year, she's on her great sets. It just felt weird to me. But what, I think what we do have to respect, like, it was the right decision to bring a Mel in. I don't think they acted right afterwards because we get great tracks. We get some of their biggest songs. About You Now is one of their biggest songs. It's a Mel. That's it's true. Not, it doesn't come till after that. Yeah. And they still do have big pop moments. Yeah. And they have years of success. It would have been too early. It would have been a waste if they'd ended at Mucha. They're at the height of their commercial success. Yeah. I just wonder if the record company ever thought about letting the girls have a break. Instead of all these changes and people leaving, you know, can a band... would have stayed. Yeah, because, you know, she's, they've already been around for so but long. They did give them a break before this album, 13 months. Is, so that, they, when, is that when she got pregnant? Yeah. Or, oh. So it's not as if she was totally sat around. She was kind of busy. <laughs> can we have a minute, though, to appreciate Keisha has a greatest hits album at 22. At greatest 22? Right. The hell? Also, nice little paycheck for Siobhan. Yeah. She must get royalties from every set of that album. She's not even on it. Because she's a singer. She's got a songwriter and vocalist credit. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what it is, though. I mean, if Keisha can't even buy a house outright. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Part of me that's like, if things had been different, I would have loved if they all 
could have been on the front cover yeah. of the singles collection. Now, because that's just much more honest. Yeah. Should we talk about what is missed off the album? Yeah. New Year is not on it. Soul Sound is not on it. Understandable. Run For Cover is a bonus track. Why is it a bonus track, man? But I think they're just saying that. They're making you feel like you've got more, but actually it's always going to be on it. Angels With Dirty Faces. Sorry, Lauren. Now you're a fan. I was a fan, but Stronger was Stronger. So... (laughs) Follow yeah. Me Home didn't make it. No. That's their latest release. That's that's a bit odd. That is a bit strange. So a lot of the time when people release those kind of collections, they put on some new tracks that yeah. are most recent. Yeah, well, there, we do get two new tracks on the singles collection. We'll talk about those in a second. I just, there's two points I want to make before we do that. One, there is a weird treatment of this album in, overall. And in general, they treat the original Sugar Babes material weirdly. So mm. researching for this, I suddenly realised I'd never seen Heidi singing in, in Overload. Like I was like, what part does Heidi sing oh. other than the melodies? Yeah. So I went back and I <laughs> looked. Detective Aaron got on his monocle and magnifying glass. <laughs> the original Overload, Siobhan sings the opening verse and the second verse. Mutra and Keisha do the rest. Once Siobhan leaves, Keisha takes over those verses. Right. Fine. But Heidi doesn't get any lines. Oh. Not any solo lines. She just does melodies and backing. Then when Amel comes in for the greatest hits, she takes Mutia's verse and Heidi carries on just doing the sugar shuffle. Oh. So she has... I have yet to find a version. And I did look as hard as I could. Because it, it feels weird to me because she obviously would have come in and sung Overload at the audition. Yeah. And maybe they could have gone, Keisha, you don't have to sing all of them. Like, yeah. Let Heidi have a verse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying this is Keisha stealing all the verses. It, I, it's clearly management. But it feels so weird. It's a bit strange. Do you think that you know but if you think about the first album it's totally different to the rest of the stuff they produce do you maybe just don't think that Heidi has the range but they would have picked that up in her audition when she sang Overload why would you give her the job and we know that she's got the range all those contracts that she had before Mm -hmm. we know that she must be able to sing I actually think she sounds great on a lot of the tracks do you think there's some sort of clause in the contract where it's it's protected by the original Sugar Babes or no because Amel sings it it, it just is an odd choice. It is weird. Which brings me to what you may think is pitting women against women, but I think it, it really puts into context the misstep that this album is. Right. The same year, Girls Aloud released their greatest hits album, and it is infinitely better received. The Girls Aloud Sound of the Underground greatest hits album saves their career. Yeah. It completely turns them around from being a slightly struggling, making great pop but not getting the commercial success yeah. to being their biggest selling album mm-hmm. and setting them up for a couple years of Imperial yeah. phase. Yes. Whereas the Sugar Babes just feels a bit, oh, you're, yeah. you're doing that now. Yeah. But when, I just wonder if the record company at this point are thinking, shit, they're probably all going to leave. Cash in. Yeah. yeah. This could be the I, end. I think that's what, I think that's a big factor. And I mean, people may also just be like, okay, well, Girls Aloud are still all the original members, so cool. <laughs> but it's, it does, it, when you look at the numbers, it's odd. Like, at this point, Girls Aloud's had two number one singles compared to the Sugar Babes four. 
Girls yeah. Aloud have been around for four years. Sugar Babes have been around for seven years. Yeah. This became Girls Aloud's first number one album, their greatest hits. Sugar Babes had already had one by that point. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is that the timing is much more correct for the Sugar Babes. It, this is a huge album for Girls Aloud. It goes platinum, they tore off it. The Sugar Babes one just didn't feel as much of a moment. Like, and maybe if, if Sugar Babes have had more album sales or, you know, their albums have got to number one more than Girls Aloud, then maybe people don't feel the need to buy that album, though. Girls Aloud's, uh, Girls Aloud's greatest hits double sold them. It outsold them two to one. Yeah, but what I mean is more people might have the Sugar Babes albums from before, so they yeah, don't need to buy them. I mean, you think it's expensive, or it was yeah. expensive to buy CDs. Yeah. At this point, I mean, it's yeah. still successful. Like, don't get me wrong, this Greatest Hits album is still successful. Like, it goes, um, what did I work out? It went double platinum, which means sales of 600,000. So right. that is, you know, this is no one touch. No. It's still done very well. But it, because that Girls Aloud album comes out the same year, mm. and they use some of the same record producers, it just... Right, it just got eclipsed. It, it, it shows to me, like, someone, someone somewhere is not doing something right. Mm. And it's not the girls. But, you know, let's compare the lead singles from these albums as well. Right. Because I think that really puts into context Girls Aloud, a band really knowing what they're doing in this moment at this time, and Sugar Babes being a band not really knowing who they are at this point. Mm, yeah. Which is crazy because a year earlier, when they're, when Taller and More Ways comes out, and they're atop of every chart yeah. for a week. Yeah. We were saying, oh, they really get it. They're really on the point. Yeah. And something somewhere miss is yeah. missing now. Yeah. Yep. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> missing. <laughs> so the lead single from Girls Aloud was something kind of ooh, which you hear to this day. Yeah. Was banger. Everywhere Absolutely. in the clubs. Jumping on my tutu. Girls Aloud go with another Xenomania. It's instant wackiness. Sugar Babes have this song written by the lads from Orson. Do you remember them? No. Orson. Orson. Yeah, they were like a rock yeah, band. Yeah, they were. A pop rock band. Yes. They had one big hit or two big hits at that band. In the early noughties. Yeah. Yes. Well, they would later go on to become The Invisible Men, which is like a slightly EDM with an edge production team. Okay. Remember them for later. I think they come up. The easy song. Can we talk about this as a song? Oof, yeah. The sound I like it's slightly, it's still their lane, but it's got slightly edgier, like I guess more of a pop rock. Lyrically, I'm sorry. It pro, it was of its time. That wouldn't have stood out back then. You know, yeah. that was all like the Pussycat Dolls and, and, you know, Girls Aloud, I guess. Well, we had a lot yeah. of problematic, you think of all the films. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't have stood out as no. something inappropriate. Now looking back. I do remember thinking... I've got such a pretty kitty boy, I know you want to pet it. The weather's nice and wet just south of the border. I remember thinking, um, it's, it's, this is not innuendo. This is no. just full on filth. filth at this yeah. But also I think it feels jarring. That's the main word I would use for, to describe it. Because I'm like, this is not what I'm expecting from the sugar babes. And I don't need it from them. If, if I want that, I'll go to the Pussycat Dolls, thank you. I guess they were trying a new direction, but also yeah. I'm just like, I don't need it from you. It's pretty porny. Yeah. I don't remember it getting the but airplay kind of either. I never remember hearing it in a club. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Well, the Girls Aloud video is a green screen in a nightclub. The Sugar Babes Easy video is filmed in a public toilet in Romford. <laughs> 
Honestly, I'm not joking. Should oh, no. There, do you want to see some of it? I do, yes. YouTube Easy Sugar Babe. Okay. They're all in latex, singing glorified sing uh, sexual innuendos. Yeah. The first minute I feel like of Keisha singing, she seems to be singing from her vagina because that <laughs> is where the shot seems to go. Like, don't get me wrong, she looks amazing. And this, why is the camera only looking at her legs and vagina? She got a face. Yeah. It's, this it's is one a of, lovely face. This video is the physical representation of my face is up here, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, okay, see you saying that it was shot in a toilet. I now you can tell when it's toilet cubicles. Oh, honey, they didn't hide that it was shot in a toilet. No, they That's didn't. the theme. That's the theme. But I have to say, it does look a lot more polished than I imagined. Like the making of it wasn't bad, and even the instrumentation of the song is not bad. Yeah. Polished, like, like the dripping a... red polish, yeah, which polished. is meant to suggest what period? I, guess I don't. So. I don't know. Yeah. You anything that you want, babe. You know, I got it any time that you want it. Even if I'm on my period, fine. Loose <laughs> uh, liquid. Oh, hey. it just and they are literally sat on toilet cubicles. Yeah. I mean, at one point, a I mean, male is dancing up on one of those big silver bog roll holders. Heidi's sucking on a lollipop. I mean, surely she got that off Cheryl after she batted the attendant. I'm guessing. Oh! <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> it just... And then they do the dancing at the ends. Which so suddenly they're getting electrocuted. They've come out. They, they've come out of the toilet. They've stepped in the wet. It's so low budget that Amel has to dance. They can't afford Celine Dion's fans. So she has to use the actual hand dryer turned up to her face. <laughs> oh, yes. Heidi's wig. She's got her wine wig. She's and got her wine wig. wig on, right? Yeah, but, you know, Amel wore a lot of wigs, I think, over this time. I mean, Amel looks like Lady Gaga at certain points. So they have this, in the in the bridge, there they've got this slightly avant-garde look. Yes. And she's got this heavy eye bejeweled thing happening. Yeah. Why did we not get more of those beauty shots in the whole video? Because they are stunning. Yeah. They're serving yeah. looks there. It's different. Yeah. Instead, we get the three of them choreographedly sat on a toilet opening the door. Yes. Like, and then closing it. Like, they're wafting the shit smell. <laughs> it's about shit. It is Romford. Come on now, babes. And then they do that dancing. Like you said, the I'm being electric where they're just jolting about. This is the evolution of the sugar shuffle. Yeah. Now we don't even have to move our legs. It's all upper body. <laughs> And they do this later on. It comes back in the Get Sexy video. Like they went, oh, well, that was a successful look. Uh, I don't know whether they're just, like maybe they, they, the hand dryer was broke after Melody's it, so they're trying to shake off their hands. <laughs> or Keisha can't go, she's constipated. And they're like, oh, well, just bend it, stretch it out, babe. Get your, <laughs> your digestive system working. And she's like, the latex, the latex, it's squishing me in. <laughs> just, it's much for me. It's, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that I think the song had potential. The lyrics let it down, and also they just tried too hard with the uh, with the visuals. I found a quote where Heidi said, and I'm trying to look for it now. She said she didn't like the song originally, so they recorded it, and she didn't like it. And then she went away, and she had a rethink, and then decided she did like it. Well, that was handy. Probably because management called her and went, tough luck, Heidi. Yeah, it's probably said, Get yeah. your wine wig on and head down to the studio. Yeah. Practice the sugar shuffle. The new electrician version. I just, I can't with this song. I'm sorry. 
I mean, if you heard it on the radio, you'd be like, all right. If you weren't paying that much attention to it. But it just, to me, it just doesn't really sound like them. See, if you, oh God. I mean, if you listen to the beginning and how it was such a kind, it was a fairly unique sound within the pop landscape. They're now like, if I barely listened and you told me that it was Girls Aloud, I would have believed you. No, Nicola wouldn't sing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. We get a bit more Girls Aloud here because they go straight into a number one collaboration with the girls, a cover for comic relief of Walk This Way. I love that song. Way. And I thought this was a good cover. This is great for the girls. Yeah. Both both groups, I think they do it really well. I think it raises a profile as well. Yes. Well, the idea of the collaboration was from comic relief founder and rom-com legend, Heidi Range's best friend, Richard Curtis. Uh-huh. Writer of Love, actually. Yeah. Problematic. Everyone's favourite. <laughs> Problematic hero. He, he is a problematic hero. Indeed. It's just the dogs have come for Richard Curtis. <laughs> Walk This Way was not the first option song for them Ooh. to do. Do you want to hear the other options? I do. I, I think it's going to be something like I Love Rock and Roll or something oh. about... Like, well, one is obvious, I'd say. One is... Oh. <gasps> okay. Sisters doing it for themselves. Oh, that would have been great. But you could totally imagine that. would have been great. Yeah. No, it's Candy Statton's You Got the Love. And I'm like, Florence has already done it. No, she hadn't oh, at that point. Oh, she hadn't at that point. Just before then, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that made sense, I guess. Yeah. Although, I think it's better that we got the Florence version. Yes, yeah, I don't think Summer Girls Aloud could have handled those vocals. Sarah yeah. could. <laughs> On a good day, Sarah could. Yeah. Heidi has the range. This other one, I cannot, I can't picture it or hear it. Blur's Girls and Boys. Girls who like boys, who like boys, who like girls. I think it would have been super cringe. They're all, oh, I was going to say they're all rock, but not ones like Dancehall. I can't see that. Walk This Way, I it worked for me. It works. I can't see girls and boys working. I think it's to, you have to have a certain um, delivery. And I think it just wouldn't play to any of their strengths. I, I, I don't think it's even that. I think the production of it would have been still very girl bandy. And I think it would have taken off the irony of the song. And yeah. I just think it would have, Felt like missing the point. Yeah. But I think this is really great at this time. You'd get an interview, like two members of Girls Aloud and two members of Sugar Babes. Yeah. And I just found it really nice because they all did seem to get on. And it was... That is nice. Really fun to see two girl bands who were obviously being pitted against each other in the press all the time. And on this podcast, maybe. <laughs> getting on and showing that, you know, girls don't always have to be rivalries and you yeah. can be happy for your sisters. And sometimes you can get to the top and reach an arm out rather than closing the window behind you. Margaret Thatcher... Theresa May. <laughs> you know, it's true. Because Why it always got to be Tory? Within within <laughs> performers, I think you have this camaraderie with each other because they're going through very similar lifestyles. Yeah. But the press always make it out like, oh, Rivals, it's a rivalry. Yeah, like, poor Christina yeah. Aguilera, every time she brings something out, she's rivaled against someone else, isn't she? Yeah. She had the whole Britney thing through most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then when she came back with Bionic, it was Lady Gaga. Yeah. It's just, oh, why can't she just be Aguilera? Strips of all makeup. Then they go back on a greatest hits tour. So Amel has been Jesus. in this, So Amel has been in this group for eighteen months. She's released three singles and been on two tours. Does this feel like a workhorse? Because they did a tour straight after Taller as well. Oh my god. So she must be itching to actually go and make some music. Yeah. Which she finally does on the next album, Change. And we get a big record about you now. That is a big record. That's the yellow dresses, isn't it? On the front cover. So, yeah, the Change album, I like to refer to as the Secretary album. 
because yes. they are dressed like every posh secretary in yeah. what year are we in? 2007 though? 2007. Keisha even has the secretary haircut that everyone has, that asymmetric bob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's re- quite short and short at the back. Um, yeah. I had it. Do you want to see No. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. We're not putting this in the lookbook. Oh, <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> so it was like long on one side. Yeah, <laughs> it's the exact same haircut. It was so off the time. So off the time. 2009, so I was a bit, a, a bit um, after, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just make yeah, sure yeah, it's okay. They dragged it out. Oh, I think Keisha was wearing it for a good year and a half, two years. Yeah. Oh, she, she looks great. It suited her. Yeah. She did a slight version of it when she got back with MKS that I was fond mm. of. Yeah. yeah. This is a big record. Do you want some stats? Yes, go for it. Number one, it's their biggest selling record. So you were saying a minute ago, oh, bringing Amel into the band. Mm. Is that right? It is their biggest selling record. It was the first track by a British act to top the charts purely on downloads. Wow. So we are back at them being on the pulse. This greatest hits, I think, is just a misstep. They're lucky to come back from it. And nominated for a Brit Award, Best British Single, Do You Wanna Play? Yes! You can't, because you played it in the Mutcher episode, so tough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, so we did. And they lost out to take that, was it? Yeah. Oh God, Shane. This track for me... Shane! We'll cut that. That was beautiful. It was Gary Barrow just walking by. (laughs) (laughs) He loves it in Glassford. This track to me feels very Amel. Like it's her first single proper and listening back, she actually sounds like she takes lead on the vocals. So she's predominant, she gets more choruses Mm. and I feel like you can hear the mix of her voice more in the chorus as well. Yeah. So it is very much like, hello, this is the Amel album. Yes. About You Now was produced by Dr. Luke and Kathy Dennis. Oh, So Dr. Luke, you hopefully remember as being one of the problematic figures in the Kesha saga and having worked with a number of big pop acts at this time. Kathy Dennis, oh, she's such a pop hero. She's written some of the biggest songs that you know, including Toxics and Sweet Dreams, My LAX. Yeah. Among many, many, many others. I mentioned this a little bit again, just as a sign of the babes losing their control over the brand to management. Right, right. Because I'm not, not that anything's been said about working with Dr. Luke, but I remember Kelly Clarkson's All I Ever Wanted comes out at a similarish time to this, yeah. within a couple of years. And I remember her saying she did not want to work with Dr. Luke, but her record company held the, her album hostage until she did. And that's a common theme. Why, why though? Like, what? It's that thing of in the situation where... You're well, like, he'll, he'll probably have rights within that record company. Like he probably shares. No, things. they just know he writes hits. They know that his beats are big at that time. Well, there must be more to it. I mean, I can't, you can't just, just say, oh, it's just because it's Dr. Luke and he writes hits. There's so many people that write hits. You know what I mean? There, there is actually a lot riding on this Change album. Yeah. So they don't, just done a greatest hit, which is often seen as a swan song. The press were certainly calling that in reviews. Mm, yeah. Easy did not feel like a band that were easy in where they were. No. Right. And Amel has got a lot to prove at this point. She yes. hasn't really been on any of the stuff so for her she'll be really thirsty all she's got is that hair dryer (laughs) (laughs) but also what maybe we don't appreciate is this is actually a groundbreaking moment so no other girl band in western modern history had survived this far had to made this many albums oh really yeah so they the girls the sugars would actually make it to seven 
I'm not including K-pop because they have. I don't know enough about K-pop. I don't know anything. But about also, K-pop. they're not from the UK. Western, so. yeah. The closest thing I could find would be Bananarama in the eighties. Mm. They had seven albums, but I don't think all of them were commercial peak. Yeah. Destiny's Child released four. On Vogue released six album, their sixth album in 2004, but that took them 14 years to get there. Right, yeah. TLC were three with Lisa and then mm-hmm. a fourth after. Yeah. But you know, like you think All Saints was two, Spice Girls was three, Girls Aloud were four in total. I mean, Little Mix are coming up to their sixth. So the fact that the Sugar Babes are releasing at this point, it's, it yeah, is it's... big that they're still making albums. Yeah. And change delivers. The secretary look is strong. That is sold it to the stamping master what do people do in offices i still work on one i know this envelopes the the water cooler the water cooler moments yes the photocopier <laughs> photocopier face oh well you know if they were doing a video for the sugar babes they'd be photocopying their bum holes yeah <laughs> so the change album is their second number one and the second time they top the singles and albums chart at the same time do you know wow. what i say about that karen what it's not to be sniffed at oh god <laughs> so you know I said Lucky Amel she gets to work on this album Detective Aaron got out his monocle and magnifying glass you know I love a liner note Amel has got four writing credits on the Change album which is very good it's not yes. to be sniffed at it's not to be sniffed at well it is actually because Keisha and Heidi have nine. Ooh. okay was Amel sick? <laughs> Did they send her out to buy coffee? I mean... I think it maybe says that possibly some of the stuff maybe had been written before Amel came into the picture. Oh, Also, once we get a little bit more into the background of what Amel was doing around the next couple of years, it might become a bit more apparent why, maybe. It might just be like in interviews where she's not given a chance to speak. Mm. Plus, do we know if she can write? You know, no disrespect to her, but this is her first big shot. Can she write? We don't know, So I I thought that... But then, because, you know, I was thinking to myself, oh, are you being unfair because songwriting's not for everyone? Do you know what I mean? She's a singer, she doesn't have to write. Yeah. But then she kind of is presented as a songwriter. So, yeah. you know, in that first album cycle, they talk about, oh, you know, she wrote that song that Mutri was on, she'd been writing. She says, you know, I'm itching to get in the studio and start writing. So it's kind of said like that. But that doesn't mean necessarily it fits the Sugar Babes brand. Yeah. I don't know, maybe she's in the room, but she just, she just doesn't contribute that day. She's got a lot on her mind. <laughs> She's I got just, a lot on my mind. Play something just, for me, Keisha. She's just chilling in the corner. <laughs> I did find something, actually, that verified what you said about some of the tracks being older. I did find something that right. suggested a lot of the tracks were leftovers from Tora in more ways. Which it could be because it feels a bit mismatched to me. Mm. Like, you can hear those singles on there. So you can hear the Xenomania stuff. So, yeah. like, My Love is Pink, banger. Uh, Never Gonna Dance Again, banger. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Heidi's voice sounds really good on Never Gonna Dance Again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I really love those two tracks. Mm -hmm. And About You Now, I really liked at the time. I'm Mm. a bit tired of it now because it is played a lot. Overplayed, yeah. Yeah. But those are the only, I think those are the only three that are like Mm. danceable bangers. And then you get stuff that I feel could easily have fit on Catfights and Spotlight. Yeah. Do you know, like, Back When, which is that dude. Da do, da do, it's a bit more yeah. vocally. Yeah. And also, like, open the door. So, like, the back half of the album mm. feels a. It's tack, tacked on a bit, isn't it? And I wonder whether this is that um, tug of war between this is the music the Sugar Babes want to make and this is the kind of music that the record label want them to have. So it's like, okay, you can make these tracks, but you have to work with Dr. Luke and get these hits on here. Right, and yeah. 
because even the singles campaign, so what we get off the back of this is change and denial. Oh, denial, I didn't think was strong. I quite like denial as a song. Should we do them? You want to do them now and then talk about the album in whole? So yeah. change is obviously the name of the album. Yeah. You know, I don't love a single and an album having the same name. It's just no. a bit lazy, isn't it? But and change is a seen... great title for an album. It is, especially as you've just it's had the change. So of... loaded. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could be about Mustia. Like, it really maybe scraping. Like, the lyric is like, if I could hold you close, like, you were never gone. If I could hear your voice, you'd tell me to be strong. Maybe. It's basic. It's... The lyrics are relatively generic. Yeah. yeah. Guess what time it's released? Christmas. <laughs> I know. Oh, Management are really plugging for that sound. Is it on a soundtrack? Uh, <laughs> not that I'm aware not that I'm aware but they management cannot have been thinking this would be a number one I mean we are in peak X Factor time I mean yeah it was dross but X Factor really had a hold on the charts yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't really a fair race anymore no but did they just figure screw it people buy more music at Christmas anyway we need the dollar is that what we're saying yeah, maybe. Or yeah. because the album probably comes out at that time as well. Do you feel it was like the last thing they could achieve at this point? I don't mean the last thing, but one of the main things they want to achieve as a girl band. Oh, do you know what? I wonder if that is a big part of it, actually, because having Christmas number one is a super strong legacy. Yeah. yeah. You've had number one albums, so you're always going to appear in those yeah, charts. Yeah, you've got the longest, one of the longest running girl bands there. Yeah, you know. so they've got they those They write Guinness. their songs, you know, yeah. Oh, you might be right. People say that those who have got the really all-time classic Christmas songs. That's their retirement. They literally... That change is not an all-time classic Christmas no. song. Like, well, if exactly. you're gonna do that, go full in and write a proper Christmas song. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is, I feel like it's always an afterthought. If they really wanted to commit, they should have... At least have the decency done... to put bells on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they should have made easy the Christmas one. <laughs> Can you imagine that playing in your pound stretchers and your, you know, your shops as you do the Christmas shopping? And it's just um, Keisha writhing on a reindeer. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. Um, but, you know, that's almost as ludicrous as I other mean, songs, really. I mean, it could be. I've got such a, such a slick... <laughs> I can't even say I've got such a sexy sleigh, babe. I know you want to... Want to ride it? <laughs> I know you want to dig it or something. I don't know. And, you know, my chimney's got no coal in it. Or... <laughs> <laughs> my chimney's clear just south of the border. <laughs> oh, you know, but no. if you're going to be dig this... Dig fade in my coal. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it, see it. It just chuck bells on it. Come on, baby. <laughs> Where's my carrot for my snowman? You know what I mean? Oh. It's, I can see it happening. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's not Come too put your ladies. brandy on my pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas will never be the same. Can't wait to put on the top to release our own Christmas number one single. Yeah. So that's change going in. And then we also get denial, which... I kind of liked at the time, but mm. it just doesn't feel like a super strong single to me. No. It's mid-tempo. It's got some nice harmonies and melodies in. I feel like it got some airplay because, I, you know, it was one of those ones where I didn't... Seeing it written down, I was like, I don't know if I remember this one. And then played it and it was like, oh yeah, this one. I yeah. actually know this song quite well. Like, so it must have... They still were getting airplay. I mean... Actually, I'm not going to lie, I do not have much to say about this. I think by this point in my research, I was as tired writing it as they were making it. <laughs> I just... 
the sugar babes are prolific. I didn't realize. They are. It's a lot to cover. And a lot of their campaigns have been one massive single campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then a few. Oh, because I do feel like their albums seem to be one massive single mm. and then a few drifter singles for the fans. I agree. I think with this point they've kind of lost their way they're not sure of direction they're trying lots of different things but they're not making a cohesive product yeah i don't think they made a cohesive album since angels of dirty faces three felt quite co- it just j- gets less cohesive and i think i honestly think if you did a graph of sugar babes control as girls yeah versus cohesiveness of the albums the hmm. longer the band goes on the less control they seem to have yeah and the less cohesive the albums become and yeah. actually if you'd given them some control and directive. But I suppose by that point, parts of the original... Like, how do you know if Amel can be trusted in a band? And by this point, it's a big brand, a big company. Yeah. Do you know if Keisha and Heidi can keep... Not well, keep exa- her in line, but can work with her and create the same level of con- uh, quality? Yeah, well, exactly. It's it's the fact that switching in and out of people, it just... It means that you can't have that consistency. And so I suppose the management were like, we have to take control. But at the end of the day, I'm like... Did it just feel like paint by numbers well, uh, album some, creation? Some you, of it is. And Easy th- is paint by numbers. Yeah. I think. And do you think a lot of them were looking around, you know, at like the likes of Girls Aloud and trying to fit into that mould? You know, well, but- I would say Change and Denial do feel like Sugar Babe songs, but they do feel like Sugar Babe album tracks to yes, me. I yeah. About You Now could have been a Girls Aloud song. It was quite a good song. It could song, have been a Saturday but song. But it did great. It did, after a while, it did great. It's a great song. I think they do it justice. They I think do. it really fits them. Yep. But yep. would it have been out of place if the Saturdays had done it? No, it wouldn't have. That's the thing. Well, guess what, guys? Yes. To capitalise on the album's success and to further the <laughs> profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, <laughs> management decided... Slap it on a soundtrack. Of course they bloody did. Oh. About You Now appears on the soundtrack of Wild Child, a teen comedy starring Emma Roberts as a preppy American teen forced to go to an English boarding school. Oh, How awful. Oh, I think I remember watching this. There Slap was, it on a soundtrack. There was definitely, in the noughties, there was definitely that trend of these kind of trashy but guilty pleasure teen drama comedies. Do you know what? Before I started writing, I loved all of that. Yeah. And now he can't read them. What happened to Emma Roberts, man? I think she... Well, she was in Scream Queens. She's still yes, she was. Gay icon. Yeah. I don't feel too sorry for these people with the famous family. Oh, I'm, I don't think she's just famous family. I think she's done fine. She's Jennifer... Uh, for those... Oh, Jennifer she, Roberts is... Jennifer? Julia? What's wrong with you today? <laughs> You don't know Jennifer Roberts? It's Julia's less famous sister. She's the Danny Minogue of the Roberts family. You get Polly Pocket tights over here and bloody comic release. We we swear we're not drunk. It's my birthday. We're not. I can't believe we haven't done one drunk. It's my birthday eve. The the one that we record tomorrow, I will be a bit drunk. (laughs) Guess what, guys? To capitalise on the album's success and to further the promises of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided... Slap it on a soundtrack. Again. UK bonus track, Three Spoons of Sugar, was included on the soundtrack for St. Trinian's, a film adaptation of Ronald Searle cartoons starring a fleeting cameo from Girls Aloud. Why didn't they put them in any films? Sugar boobs. 
They weren't that kind of a band. Like, they, were, they weren't doing no, the big no. commercialisation. Not at that they stage, doing anyway. the... Although, to be honest, by the time they would put that film through production, they'd have changed band members again. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's interesting you say they're not doing commercialisation, because what happens next They'd see is a what... plot twist. Yeah. But do we have anything else we want to say about the album change? No. For me... It's fine. I think it was a very success... I th- I do think it was a reset from Greatest Hits. Yeah. And I think it was a successful... Sugar Babes never went away. You can't come back if you never went away. Yeah. We still make hits. We still make albums. It sold well. Yeah. They. I think they beat a chop there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And bloody good job because we need them. To capitalise on the album's success and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decide... Isn't it about time we did some of that there branding? Oh, Jesus. It shouldn't just be girls allowed doing everything. Have you ever looked at your toy collection and thought, why don't I have a Sugar Babes Barbie? This is not a thing. So, okay, so technically it is not each of them. Okay. Barbie is styled by each of them. Wow. So they they take this three dolls uh-huh. that maybe look somewhat like the sugar babes as in Heidi's is blonde Keisha's is black and Amel's is a lighter brown with a matching hair colour I see but they all have different names okay so Heidi styles Barbie Keisha styles Nikki and Amel styles Teresa (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming a part of this is because the Barbie decided, Mattel decided to work with the Sugar Babes, but they didn't know which Sugar Babes they'd be working with. So oh they were God. like, you know what, we'll just, oh, and who also, knows? It's so much more work to try and like capture their likeness in a doll. Yeah. So they yeah. were like, you know what, just I mean, style. the space girls. Heidi be the blonde yeah. one, Keisha be the black one, Amel be the brown one. Yeah. And I hope for the best. <laughs> I have an advert to show you. Oh, good. Would you like me to show you the advert? Yes. Okay. Okay. So just to confirm, they are styling the outfits. So the work is their efforts, their inputs, is the clothes. Right. Oh, I'm going to put my brightness up for you. Don't worry. Hang on. I've got any candles so I can see Erin's phone. You guys, guess what? Our new outfits have arrived. Oh, nice one. They look so cool. Can't wait to try them on. The Sugar Babes have individually styled Barbie and her friends. Each outfit features the girls' own unique designs. Hurry, they're only available for a limited period. Be who you want to be. That was... It was very strange to see that advert, I have to say. It felt a bit like a parody. Almost like a parody. I was like, is this like their SNL slot? Well... Because it just is a bit cheesy, isn't it? Oh, why is that picture so shite? There we go. Oh, yeah. So, Keisha gets lead role. She's named, she's lead actress. Yep. She comes in with, hey, girls. This advert is shot in their dressing room, and I feel like it was done before they went on stage. Yeah. They were like, oh, sorry, girls, we've just, just to surprise you, you're a Barbie now, so we need to quickly film an advert. <laughs> Because none of them sounded super prepared. No. Yeah. They do a good job. Acting babes, they are not. This is why they're not in a film, Karen. Yeah. So the actual dress is, be who you want to be, as Heidi says. Yeah. So Heidi's is nice. They're all in sort of a purple hue. Yeah. So we've moved on from secretary babes to purple babes. 
the Heidi's is this nice little short dress. She's got her Polly Pocket leggings on under there. Is that? Yeah. And she's got a wee little wristband. And a wee dog. Is that a Sugar Babes t-shirt? Oh, Heidi comes with a dog. What an accessory. Oh, so what accessory do they get? Heidi gets a dog. Keisha gets a laptop. Oh, she's internet babes. The oldest looking laptop ever. And Amel gets a phone. Oh, there you go. Heidi's is the best. She gets a dog, for God's sake. They all seem to have some weird little sugar babe t-shirt as well that no one would wear. So Keisha's is trends, babe. She's wearing... The lovely leggings everyone wore. She's got her Polly Pocket leggings on. Underneath a denim skirt, which is so short, you can see her pretty kitty, babe. (laughs) And then, is that a fur... That's a fur, like, Balmar jacket, yeah. To be fair, Heidi's doll does actually look like her because Heidi looks like a Barbie. Yeah, it's true. And then, Teresa... What is that? She's dressed like your aunt at a barbecue. Yeah. She's wearing... Is that a tunic line? I want to say that looks like a kind of empire line <laughs> tunic. Why is so Tunic over leggings. And at the time, this was very fashionable. Are you sure they are leggings and not denim pedal pushers? Oh, maybe denim pedal pushers, oh. yeah. She also has on a long sleeve. It's like got chiffon, chiffon <laughs> over the arms so you can see her arms. They have done a male dirty in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, this just seems like a whole bizarre idea to me because I don't feel like the sugar babes at this point, they weren't particularly aimed at the youth yeah. market. Is it mums buying it for kids? Oh, maybe. Or maybe it's like, it's more for like, because there are obviously adult collectors of Barbies. So maybe it's quite that niche market. I can tell you... Aunt Teresa is buying Sugar Babe Amel and taking it to her local Matalan and saying, please can I have this dress in a size 12? <laughs> oh, God. But fun for me. I was buzzing thrilled when I saw that. that that's, I never knew about that. That's quite, it's so kind of late in their career as well. Like, I would, have, I but would have assumed do you know that what, earlier. Your my dream in life is to be in a role or something where you get your own doll. Yeah, that is like, cool. and what yeah. you need to do is get onto like a sci-fi movie or a hero movie. Yes, like, like a Doctor Who or something. You get your own doll. Yeah, like, I reckon that's what it is. They wanted. I think of all the branding endorsements they're going to take, a doll is one of the ones, isn't it? Mm. I bet you any money you like, Heidi has a couple of those. She's got one in a box. Yeah, and then she's got one that she plays with with her daughter. Yeah. Oh, hope to God she does. Yeah, that'd be so cute. Oh. Like once one stands on the mantelpiece next to the picture of her, her nan. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> she also has one that is dressed in um, a white dress that goes on top of the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Heidi or Heidi's friends, if you're listening, please. Can you do a Ladies of Liverpool podcast where you talk about you and your relationship with your Barbie doll? Because <laughs> I, it doesn't have to be long, but I would live for that. I know. On that groundbreaking news, we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we will be discussing the solo career of Amel. Let me tell you, get yourself a bottle of popcorn because it is drama. A bottle of popcorn? Yes, a bottle of popcorn because you're going to be jumping... A jump- bottle and popcorn? No, a <laughs> bottle of popcorn because you are going to be jumping out your seat so much you don't want to be spilling that popcorn. Okay, fair enough. Have a lid on it. 